Hello and happy Tuesday, my friends. This is Danielle Carter, and I'd like to welcome you back to another informative episode of Cisco Champion Radio, where we provide insights and visibility into products and solutions across the Cisco portfolio and trending topics across our industry. If you like our podcast, please follow us and feel free to share your favorite episodes with your colleagues and friends. If you have thoughts or comments on what we should cover in a future episode, let us know. Talk with us on Twitter at Cisco Champion. Today we are talking about RadKit, which is a software development kit with a set of ready-to-use tools and Python modules, allowing efficient and scalable interactions with local or remote equipment. Our champions and Cisco expert will be leading the conversation, so let's get started with introductions. Liam, let's start with you. Hey, thanks for having me, Danielle. I really appreciate it. Uh, my name is Liam Keegan. I run the U.S. operations for 24-7 Networks in Rio Bravo. We're a Cisco partner that operates out of the USA and Mexico. I'm a longtime CCIE, and I've spent a lot of time on WebExes with TAC engineers, so I'm super excited to talk about RadKit and how that makes everybody's lives easier. Yay, thank you for joining us. Richard, you're up next. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, folks. My name is Richard Atkin. I work for a gold partner in the UK called ITGL. Uh, I lead a software development team, and we spend our time uh, building solutions that, uh, that, that poke and use Cisco's APIs to, to help us you know, do more, deliver more, put the, put the icing on the cake for our customers and, and their investment in, uh, in Cisco hardware. Great. Alfred, how about you? What do you do? Um, my name is Alfred Thury. I am from Austria, working for a Cisco Gold partner uh, called uh, Axiens. Um, yeah, I'm a part-time system engineer for security infrastructure stuff uh, and also doing software-defined uh, infrastructure. But the other hand, also a, a team lead for security engineers in my, in my organization. And yeah, you can find me on Twitter or LinkedIn if you have any questions. Okay, great. Okay, so Frederick, can you tell us who you are and what you do at Cisco? All right. Hello, my name is uh, Frederick Detienne. Frederick, I usually go by Fred. Why? Nobody knows. <laughs> I don't remember. It started when I started at Cisco, right? 26 plus years ago. Uh, I am the main developer or main architect behind RedKit. That's more uh, correct. Uh, we are actually a team of 10 people. I'm not alone on this, far from it. And uh, in the past, I used to be in VPN. So I developed DM VPN and Flex VPN, for which I was also the architect inventor, sort of. And uh, yeah, today I'm focusing on, on CX and the TAC in particular, and all the problems that relate to network operations and, and why, why life is so hard when it shouldn't be. So Richard, do you kind of want to give us a little bit of background and tell us what prompted you to bring this topic up? Sure. Thanks, Danielle. So, as, as as you know, I work for a Cisco partner. I, I got a whole bunch of customers, all, all Cisco customers, and I think it's fair to say that like the support side of, of of being in IT and and the sort of roles that we all have hasn't really changed in well, forever. You know, like we 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 buy equipment, we we sell equipment, we we work with our customers to make this stuff work, and and every you know every now and then things go wrong, right? We have to race race tickets with with TAC or or customers race tickets with with Cisco partners, and and often it's a really frustrating experience. You know, we have to get people on the phone or get somebody on a WebEx or on a VPN or or, or you just can't get all the calendars aligned so you can get all the right people you know in the right place at the right time. And like Radkit's here to, to address that, but 
but before we get into like the rad kit, I want I just want to focus on those challenges a little bit, and I guess invite some of the other champions to to maybe share some of their 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 frustrations with with support tickets. You you know that you are you have graduated to the elite level of troubleshooting when you have multiple virtual machines running for simultaneous tech uh, engineers to do. Yeah, exactly. control when, when your laptop uh, reaches reaches thermal meltdown because because there's so many WebExes going on. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the hallmark of of, uh, of of advanced troubleshooting. I always I always feel really sorry for my customers. You know, sometimes you might have this long long running debugs and what have you, and it's like, yeah, I just need to WebEx onto your laptop for six hours to get these debugs. And it's like, how are they how are they still doing their jobs? What you know, it it must be so hard. Well, when you are tech engineers with those sorts of demands. And, and that's the thing. So I think there's like the tech engineers, we do a lot of business with, with banks and, and credit unions here in the United States. And there's a question of passwords, right? So n never in my history, do you just log into one thing, right? And everybody right. has a five minute timeout. And so it's just this constant stop and stop and start where people are having to put in passwords over and over and over again from the client side because they're not going to give TAC their, their, their personal logins, right? I mean, the, the security side of that, that TAC interaction is huge. Yeah, massive. And even just the convenience side of it, how many times has a support engineer sent an email to a customer saying, can you just run? Can you just run this one command and send me the output? And it's always just as you're about to go into a meeting, just at the end of the day. You know, you, on one hand, it's like, I want to do it. But on the other hand, like, I've got a life, you know, I need to get away from work and, and see my wife. And also, even, even you have uh, customers who grant you access via their corporate VPN solution so that you can VPN in, into the network and reach out to any device you want to, to look at. Uh, even then, uh, you know, often customers comes up with more complex questions uh, like, uh, I need to prove what you're doing within my network when I'm not looking or... I need a, a red button to shut your access down or a, 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 a full proven uh, a privileged access management solution, which records all, all the things you're doing. And especially with the smaller customers, uh, they can't afford uh, uh, anything uh, I just described. Yeah. Yeah. Those audit trails are really important, like for everyone. And that, from that example of VPN in and go to a jump box, that, I have got a whole bunch of customers that say exactly that. But then you can never SSH or SCP to, to the switch to get the data, you know, to pull the logs and all this sort of stuff. The amount of times where they, they say they've got a plan and it just falls short. And then, and then you end up just wasting time fixing another problem just so you can get back to fixing the, you know, the problem. Fred, does this accurately describe your last 26 years of working in TAC and CX? Actually, this describes on the last 20 years, <laughs> because in the beginning, we did have access when uh, at the time it was still Telnet and there were no access list, no firewall, no nothing. So we started in the beginning by having, you know, I remember customers calling me and say, hey, this is my problem. Uh, all right, thank you. And well, here, here are the credentials. Here is the IP address. I'll, you know, I'll go off for lunch and I'll, I'll be back in an hour for a sync up. <laughs> That's what it used to look like. Uh, and then, and then uh, remote access, where re uh, WebEx came in. Um, we had a few iterations before WebEx, and uh, and then this is how life started. And, and by the way, what you described with the jump host uh, does not even take into account when you have an ACI or a DNA center to troubleshoot for which there is a graphical interface, uh, right? So, so terminal is already quite awful to get access to. File transfer, forget about it. Uh, user interface is like off limits. So WebEx yeah. became the norm.
that's a uh, yeah, hundred percent. And and for the tech engineers, it's very it's desolating, right? When uh, you are on a call with a customer, you understand that you're really exceeding everybody's patience, but you have this work to do uh, because that's the mission. And uh, and then you hang up. And on the moment you hang up, you realize. Uh, I should have forgot. I forgot. I should have collected more data. Or you go to your escalation engineer, looks at the log for 30 seconds. You know the stuff you have been collected for the last few hours. And he says, "Okay, what is this show command?" And and then the the the, the blood right gets out of your face. <laughs> like literally, you become livid, and you say, "Oh, <laughs> my customer is going to be so upset." Uh, yeah, this is life. And uh, and and then we're we're so sorry. Uh, it turns out that, and I'm, I'm sure it's the same for you, we end up working on the data we have instead of working on the data we need. That's really the biggest problem mm -hmm. because it also holds down the customer. We just do not dare asking for the data we need because either somebody will say we should have done it earlier or um, it's so complicated that it will be botched at capture because it's very hard. And then you'll have data that you don't know what to do with because it's not captured at the right, like, like synchronously, you have a sniffer trace and then another sniffer trace and a hour later and none of them match, you know, and, and, and so what can you do really with that? Um, so, so you wish you could do it for the customers because when we do it in the lab, we're very, very fast. If there was only a solution that could help with this problem. If only right. Da, 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 da. Hey, we need we need the uh, champion radio sound effects. That's what we yeah. need. Do, do, do. Big red button. Enter stage right, Radkit. So so maybe Rich, could you like in just sort of summarize kind of what you've seen out of Radkit? Because like like when I first heard of Radkit, like I, I saw the website and I like I didn't quite get it until I saw it, like in action. I mean, can you sort of run us down like what Radkit does and and how it how it helps yeah. everybody make their lives easier. Yeah, Radkit, I, do you know what? I, I've, I've always loved these champion radio things. And today of all days, it's the day I wish this was secretly a WebEx recording so we can show, like show people. Yeah, true, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so Radkit provides us with a, a way of accessing our, our clients' infrastructure in a way that allows our clients to keep hold of the keys, you know, keys to the kingdom, making sure that it's secure, the right people get access to the right systems. They've got a full audit trail. They can do what they need to do, but also does so in a way that's very considerate, effectively considerate to to like the partners and to the tech engineers. Right? As a as a support engineer, when one customer rings me up, I'm on a VPN, and another one rings me up, I'm on a different VPN, or then I'm on a on a WebEx search on whatever. Radkit normalizes that way for Cisco and Cisco partners to access their their clients infrastructure in a super secure way and in a really flexible way all all at the the cost essentially of of just running a little vm within your infrastructure so so you know there's 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 three sort of moving parts to to radkit there's a radkit service that a customer runs we as as a support partner or cisco tac get to run what we call a radkit client and then there's the radkit cloudy service that sits in the middle and acts as a as a proxy and acts as a broker between between those two ends. As a as a support partner, when I want to access my my client's infrastructure, I I never get to access it directly. I always have to go through the Cisco cloud. I always have to be authenticated and use my Cisco login and use my two FA and all that sort of good stuff. And likewise, my customer gets to say only these people get to access my my state, right? My my infrastructure, and that creates this really slick way of getting in into a, a customer's network. I can. I can effectively dial up my one of my customers that, that I have deployed on Radkit, and I can get immediate access 
to their to their switches, their their routers, their firewalls, all those all those SSH interfaces that are that are quite rightly locked away behind some you know behind firewalls and behind HDLs, you know, securely inside our customers' network, gives me much easier access to them. And we're talking like seconds, less than a minute, less than a minute from me opening Racket to me getting on any of my customers' core switches or routers or or what have you, wire sanctuary. And the, like the power that that gives us is is phenomenal, especially around that. You know, can I just run another show command? Can I just run another debug? Like, you can do that now without having to pester your customer for VPN credentials or, or hogging their you know hogging their laptop for their WebEx session. So so like maybe talking through like what is that actual like let's just say we have a hypothetical attack case where you've got a couple of voice gateways that we need to run some troubleshooting commands on, right? What would that, I love asking questions, I know the answer to, what would that flow look like? I mean, we know what, we, we know what it would be with, ta with, with our sort of legacy you know, WebEx, right? But what would that look like for RadKit? So, so let's say, uh, you know, I am a, I, I work at a customer, I need either partner or tech support. What would I need to do from a RadKit perspective to get that working, you know, kind of step-by-step step, and then how much time is it going to take and why Why would I want to send all my data unencrypted to some cloud that I don't have any control over? Once again, hey. that was a leading question. <laughs> so for a customer to run RadKit, uh, I reckon you will spend more time getting onto the RadKit website than you will anything else. Like it's super easy to download and install RadKit. It's a tiny little file. It's a next, next, next install. It's super easy. Uh, the config... Um, the configuration process all done through a web browser. The the process of integrating Radkit with your your equipment on site is a, again super easy. There's a, a really intuitive browser that that comes with a web page that that comes with Radkit where you can say right, I want to enroll you know my my voice gateways, my firewalls, whatever. We give them an IP address. We give Radkit uh, you know the the credentials to that thing right, the, the usernames and passwords to that thing. And and as a customer, we get to say right, I want to allow you know Richard access to to my environment through radkit and that's it i reckon you can probably do all of that in 10 minutes as the first time and by the time you've done it the second time probably five minutes it is so fast to uh to to to, to onboard yourself as a as a customer uh, and, then, and then from from like my support and my perspective as a support engineer i think i have to type like three lines of code like three is you know radkit client is a, is a cli environment I think I can do it in three lines. Fred, keep me honest here. This is probably in your head straight away, right? So <laughs> I, I first have to authenticate myself to Cisco. So I literally just type login and my Cisco name, right? One line. Then I have to connect to my customer's environment. And any customer of Radkit, any user, any, any client organization of Radkit, they get what we call like a service identifier. It's just a, a serial number that, that identifies that organization. So I want to connect to that. And so I'll say service you know, A, B, C, D, one, two, three, four, connect to my customer's environment. That's the second line of code I've typed. And then when I want to connect to their voice gateway, I type the word interactive and I type the host name of their voice gateway. And then I'm connected to their voice gateway on the command line. So that's three lines. Fred, keep me on. I'm pretty sure I've got that right, right? Absolutely. And if it's CMS and there is a graphical interface, you have a fourth line and you have a pass through for the, uh, for the user interface. Oh yeah, the, right. The, so yeah, the, the proxy command. The proxy. And so you have both the uh, CLI and the UI at the same time. Uh, so, there. so, so before we go on to the to the the, the UI stuff, like even that CLI bit, you know, there was a there was a, a, a carefully crafted example from somebody earlier about giving credentials away. When you log in to a device using Radkit, 
because Radkit knows what the credentials are. You as the support engineer never need to know them on those on those SSH sessions. So I can just I can just be told I want to log into this thing. You know, you never need to divulge to me the credentials I'm using. But those are those are stored in the cloud, right? In Cisco's cloud? No, they're stored on prem. They're encrypted on prem. They're yours and yours alone. Cisco never steal them. It's awesome. Uh, like and for those who are interested, we even give you a way to decrypt the database so you can see what's inside. But the database is fully on prem with you when you're uh, you know, when you want to wipe it out, you wipe it out. You don't have to call somebody to wipe out the data. It you you just do it. It's data is in your control. That's awesome. Uh, but we are not talking about uh, uh, like you you easily can can open up uh, like ten uh, uh, SSH party windows and then manually type in all the commands you need, right? Uh, because uh, isn't Redkit uh, a summary of of uh, or a toolkit which provides also a massive options for for uh, automating your things so coming back to the example we need to see the same show output on 10 individuals uh, individual voice gateways yeah totally so yeah so radkit we talk about radkit like it's one thing but it, it it's not it's, it's it's a whole bunch of things addressing that one challenge of how do i make support better um but yeah absolutely um we can we can drive radkit programmatically so that we can we can use python for example to to drive Radkit and, and then all of these manual things that, that I'm just talking about logging in and connecting and interactive, we can program all of that. So that as a, a you know, as a support partner, as somebody wants to provide, you know, value added services to my customers. I mean, yeah, absolutely. It means I can automate the same command across a thousand switches and Radkit will handle all of it for me and it will deal with all the transport, which is fantastic. Like, you know, yeah, and for those who are afraid of scripting, because <clears throat> scripting is not for everybody, or you know, we have a lot of people. So there are so RedKit caters for developers, like for people uh, to whom it's the full-time job, but it also caters for scripters, so people who have basic Python knowledge, shell type, shell level knowledge. Um, if you want to write a quick automation to collect data on, let's say, a thousand devices or ten, right? Um, the script is literally five lines. With five lines of script, uh, you get the data. The first is the same as Richard explained earlier. We have an API to log in. We have an API to say which remote service we want to connect to. Then an API uh, to filter the devices you would like to collect the data from. Then an exec command that says execute this command on all these devices. And the fifth line is to display the output. It is truly that simple. The the you know I, I when I went when we we're doing some prep for this, this, this podcast, I set up a Radkit instance and I set up three CSRs and an APIC simulator and something else. I don't know. And you, you, when you, when you see your inventory, you can say, Hey, select all my Cisco iOS devices, right? Or select the ones with these host names and then grab the output. And it is truly just run, you know, show IP in brief or show inventory or show, you know, interface pipe include error. And once you get that data, it's it's right there, and if you if you have that scripting skill, sort of that like DevNet associate level, like that's what I, I'm a DevNet associate. Like I, I am <clears throat> I am not a programmer. I am not any 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 kind of uh, expert at, at at that. But you, the data then is right there in Python, and you can print it out. You can filter it. You can regex. You can you do whatever you want with that with that data. The other thing is from a programmability perspective is there's a hook for the genie parsers. So if you are, you know, if, if you are getting command output from, you know, a, a, like a show interface, you can pipe that through the genie parsers, which is part of part of the Pi uh, Pi ETS, 
uh, platform and actually like turn console output into structured data and do it at massive scale where you're not, you know, grabbing log files out of secure CRT. I mean, it's, it's just so simple. When I saw the first demonstration of RedKit, I was deeply impressed uh, because uh, as, as uh, we mentioned before, just talking about RedKit is, it's hard to understand what it really does for you. So I encourage all the listeners to, to get on a demo, maybe uh, watch a Cisco live session, what RedKit can do for you. So it's a, a full managed remote access solution, including all the audit trail and, and, and uh, time-based access for a support engineer. So there's, there's immediately a, a question coming up that must cost a ton of, of, of money. We need to clarify that as well, Fred. Yeah, thank you. So actually, the, you know, my, my, I think my biggest problems today, they, these are the two we just mentioned. It is the first time people look at RATKIT. It's, it's impressive, but it looks, uh, essentially the first feedback I get is like, it looks easy when you use it, Fred. It's, it, look easy, it looks easy when you demonstrate it, but it must be hard. And then until people really try it, they say, is that it? Is that that simple? All right, so that's the first barrier please try it for yourself. And maybe the first plug here is for the website, uh, radkit.cisco.com. So that's R-A-D-K-I-T.cisco.com. I assume that we can also put that into, uh, into the header uh, for, this, uh, for this recording uh, for people who will uh, you know, listen to us and want to try. And the second question is like, okay, how much is it, <laughs> right? And, and people shuffle through their wallet. I take PayPal, credit, you know, American Express, Visa. <laughs> no Bitcoin, thank you. They're not going, doing good. <laughs> Jokes aside, um, it is free. Uh, it is free as in, not as in, not as in open source free. So the code is obfuscated. So it's a, it's a set of Python module. You can't open the data. It's, it ships like a binary if you wish. So it's a Cisco application. Um, but it doesn't cost a thing, at least for the moment and for the foreseeable future. So let me explain that. My job, my only job is to make uh, support the tech and partners look better, right? That's really the, the goal that I was given. I'm paid for that. There is a monetization aspect because we don't do any, like anything for, for free because we're a business, of course. So RATKIT is technically included into your uh, PLSS and PLSL1 uh, contract. So this may not resonate with everybody, but essentially if you're a partner, especially a gold partner, Cisco uh, RATKIT will come, will come without any limitation whatsoever. Um, and if you're not a gold partner, uh, there will be some limitations. I think like 500 devices or something like that. We're still like tuning the the, the level at which uh, uh, you know we will limit uh, RATKIT, but the limitations should be really sensible uh, for everybody to use. So let me recap. If you're a direct customer, you call the TAC. There is no limitation because the limitation will be on the client side. The service side can contain 10,000 devices, no problem, uh, maybe 30,000. We just tested 100,000 devices earlier today. So uh, we measured that we can load 30, 100,000 devices in seven seconds, right? That's uh, the new optimization we are working on at the moment. It's very, very fast. But um, um, who, who needs that, right? It's very rare. I mean, do we even ever need that? 
customers have that, but is it a single administrative domain? It's very unlikely. So we want to, to reduce RATKIT to a level where we can monitor its usage, we can uh, prevent abuse. That's the most important part for us. And so um, uh, for highly trusted partners, we'll have like higher limits and for everybody else, we'll have lower limits in the client. But like I said, with 500 devices, uh, you should be able to do quite a lot and maybe a, a limit on the volume so people don't watch Netflix across the ocean, uh, you know, through RATKIT because, you know, you could do that, uh, but that's not the not the purpose. So it's really more about uh, restricting the the abuse or, or the potential abuse that uh, we'd like to to work on. Also, I have to say that um, a lot of people would like to have constant monitoring with RATKIT, like polling data and large amount of data. This is not the purpose of RATKIT. There are collectors for that. They do it really, really well. Uh, RATKIT is really meant uh, for when you need uh, pinpoint data, when you're troubleshooting or network operations in general. So essentially, the data volume should fit regular operations. And of course, there will be more data for, for higher end partners. But essentially, it's free. Uh, that's the bottom line. It, it's uh, you know free until you hit a limit, and if you hit that limit, probably you should be a gold partner. Fred, maybe you could take a minute and 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 talk about like Cisco's some of the architectural decisions that you and the team have made around security, right? Like like I mean, one of the biggest biggest things that people and rightfully so freak out about is when you 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 ask them to put an agent in their network that phones home. Right, they're like, where is our data going? Who has access? Can you talk a little bit about the the the, the security built into Radkit and why that may not be as, as much of a consideration for for our joint clients? Yes. So um, first, I have to say that Radkit works in multiple modes. One of which um, uh, it will accept an inbound connection from outside uh, directly. And but this is not the mode that we want to present because it's a no go for many people. So, if you want to offer remote access to a network, there really are two ways. Either you have an agent that calls calls home, a bit like the Webex uh, the Webex client that we're using today. All right, so all Webexes create a connection to the Webex cloud, and then you know we dial each other, talk to each other. We end up having two way communication, but through initially an egress connection. We do this because this is what most companies uh, prefer, uh, because they don't like to punch holes uh, through their firewalls for incoming connections. But of course, if some customers prefer an incoming connection and not a tethered connection to the cloud, that can be arranged as well. It's just more complicated to set up and it's much more complex to show in a short time frame. That's why we don't show it usually. But so we have this um, uh, connection to the cloud that happens. It's fully encrypted, fully authenticated. So we support everywhere like TLS 1.3, uh, uh, AES, I think it's 256 if I'm not mistaken, uh, SHA-2 of course, no SHA-1 obviously. Uh, by the way, uh, three of our developers, including myself, uh, we have a security and VPN background. So, so we, you know, we, we dream and breathe and, you know, we do v we, we've been doing VPN for like 15 years now or plus. So, so this is completely natural. And once this connection is open to the cloud and authentication takes place, so we use uh, SSO, uh, so Cisco credentials to achieve that. So we use dual factor authentication and everything that goes with it. So these sessions are two-way authenticated. And then between the remote user and the agent on the customer network, which we call the service, we create inside that connectivity, if you wish, we create a new tunnel inside uh, uh, the cloud connector, through the cloud connector, so that even if the cloud connector is not trusted, because you know the customer may not trust the, the, the cloud server, service, 
um, there is no way for anybody, even if the cloud service were compromised, there is no way for that individual to actually snoop into the data because all they would see is uh, blobs, uh, you know, encrypted blobs. So, so we have end-to-end -end encryption, two-way authentication everywhere, maximum security uh, for the data in transit, like I said, TLS 1.3 and all the Suite B standards. For the data addressed, same story, it's all encrypted. And the data is not encrypted with the key that we choose. Nothing goes to the cloud or anything. Um, when you uh, set up RATKIT for the very first time uh, as a customer, you get prompted for, to, you, you have to create a super admin user. You type in a passphrase, and that passphrase is used to encrypt the database. Not, not directly, we actually create stronger password and we store the passwords into a vault and the vault itself is locked with uh, your super admin passphrase. So essentially we, we have unique keys for encrypting the RSA keys. We have keys to encrypt the database. We have keys to encrypt the connection. We have keys to encrypt the passwords of your devices and they're all different, unique, randomly generated on your systems and uh, et cetera, et cetera. So the cryptography uh, of it is very strong. Um, Besides that, what, what can I add? I mean, you can share your screen and let an, a stranger control your entire computer, your email and everything else, or you can just give access uh, to the devices, all right? So one of the mottos on the website is uh, share, the share the data, not your computer. Uh, I think it's uh, quite important. And finally, at the trading end of that, uh, the customer can control who has access to what. And we're coming with an even more powerful uh, role-based access control system by which the customer can very preci precisely select that Richard has access to these devices and Liam to something else and Alfred you to yet another set of devices. And then we finally keep a complete audit trail of everything that has happened. So by the, by the character that you send to the device or by the character the device sends back to you, you have a complete audit trail of that. And, and that again, uh, no remote, the desktop sharing system gives you that. You can keep the recording, but you don't know exactly what happened. So, uh, uh, yeah, the RedKit logs everything. I, I think that, like, like RedKit definitely solves a lot of these problems, right? Like the like we we talked about, you know, the, the eternal WebExes and, and collection of data, right? But but I think that that no platform is. Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter how great the platform is if people can't realize the benefit from it quickly, right? And, and I think one of the things that surprised me the most about RadKit is that that server or the, 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 the service side of it can truly be up and running in minutes where you, you load the software and it, it loads on Mac, Windows, Linux, or as a Docker image, right? Is that, that, that correct? That's correct. And uh, the reason it's like this is purely, it's totally intentional. So that's has, that has been an objective from day one. I've been working in TAC for so many years. All my colleagues are from TAC and we didn't want to, so we wanted to simplify troubleshooting for let's say CMS, iOS, you know, data center, ACI, uh, firewalls, you know, name it, you have it. Um, we didn't want to trade troubleshooting these problems uh, for troubleshooting RATKIT and having millions of questions like, how do I do this? How do I do that? So we have tested RATKIT with probably to date about a thousand users, all right, give or take. It's probably closer to 1500. But anyway, we have tested with all these users and we have monitored everything that they have been doing. We have checked every action, every mistake, every misclick, every question they asked, every misunderstanding they had. And every time we're like, 
darn, we need to make it simpler, darn. Even sometimes the copy-paste was too much, so, so we, we removed that. And if you have seen the earlier or tried the earlier versions of RATKIT, it was a little more cumbersome to install because people didn't understand the, the role play behind it. And we're like, we cannot ask people to take a training because they need RATKIT to do a job. It's a mean to an end. RATKIT is not like the stuff we'd like them to be trapped with. We don't want to be their management station. We want to help them. And so we monitor that until we reach to these five minutes of installation. So, so anybody can, Windows, Linux, Mac, right? You, can, you don't need a, a high-powered server to put it on, right? You can do Correct. it on your workstation if you, have, if you have the privileges to do it, right? Yes. Once you configure that, or once you load we, that, you don't even need special privileges. Actually, uh, RATKIT, for security reason again, RATKIT runs a standard user. You don't, you should not be rude with RATKIT. We we actually recommend you're not. Keep it like at the lowest level possible. Perfect. So once once that happens, right? You you open the RATKIT web interface and and log in basically to Cisco's you know Cisco's website that does a yep. single sign on. So yep. that's your credentials. Yeah, and that, that provisions point. RATKIT service with a set of certificates that are unique to that system. So there is no preset password. We don't set you. We don't save your CCO password or anything like that. From the moment you log in the first time into RATKIT service, uh, RATKIT service gets a, a brand new, fresh 4096-bit uh, certificate, well RSA key certificate that is stored uh, on RATKIT service and is unique to you and is your unique identity for the service. So then, at, at that point, you can say, "Hey." I need to troubleshoot these couple few devices with TAC. You, yep. you, you, you basically go in and say, all right, here's the IP address, here's a name maybe, and a username and a password and an enable password if it has one. And then from there, like, oh, and then you, you also have to say, okay, well, you know, Liam Keegan set up the service, but Rich Adkin is doing the troubleshooting. So I have to add his email address into my RADKIT service. Right to say, hey, you know, Rich is going to be allowed in for ten hours or two hours or forever, and at that point, I hand Rich my service ID, and he can access those devices completely independently. Right, yes. he doesn't need me to do it, and I can go and look at the at the server to see what is he doing, what commands did he execute, et cetera, et cetera. That's right. In exchange, um, I, I would say the etiquette, right, is uh, there is a new etiquette for troubleshooting with RATKIT. The etiquette is reversed from the past. So in the past, the end customer had to share the screen and we had to control their computer. Today, I think a good etiquette, at least uh, while people are adopting and getting familiar with it, we share, we the troubleshooter share our screen. The customer can see what we are doing, but in real time, they can look at the logs and the audit trail to make sure that, hey, what I see on the screen corresponds with, you know, corresponds with with what is in the audit trail. So, yep, yep, I know the audit trail is doing the job. And usually the experience is the first time the customer watches the entire session, the second time they watch it from the corner of their eye while doing, while doing something else, and the third time they have a meeting and they will come back and, you know, sync up later. So, so that's what happens. Nice. And the other thing Liam mentioned about when, when you add those third parties to give them access to your system, like people are terrible at going back in and deleting those accounts, right, and clearing stuff out. You get to give time limited access. So you've got a support engineer, a tech engineer, you can say, right, you can have access to my state for 10 hours or 50 hours or whatever you like. And then you you can rest assured that Radkit is going to tidy up after you. You don't have to worry about, about you know, all these support engineers having persistent access to your estate. Uh, that's like, it's such a simple feature, but it's, like, it's so useful and like so relevant to, to, to basically every tech case going, isn't it? From an end customer's perspective, Maybe also from the team management team, there's maybe a, a concern coming up, uh, meaning what if 
an engineer creates like simple as it is a red kit service somewhere and forgets about it or uses it to not as it was used uh, to be so is there any control from inside your smart account for example uh, to to control who is allowed to create the red kit service yeah so so <clears throat> i have to go back on something that i may have said no i don't think i said it this way um so we don't store any of your data but the cloud service has a full audit trail we know uh, constantly who's connected, who's not, which services are connected and which one are not. And we know who's talking to who, right? So we have to have that for, for security reason. So if there is any doubt anytime, so the, the objective really for us is to, uh, is to be able to provide a dashboard where uh, customers can download that information themselves. So you'd like to know, uh, you know, uh, I'll take a, a reach out for instance, let's say ITGL, you'd like to know what your users are doing. We can give you all the certificates and all the services up and running from ITGL. That's a, that's a possibility. Right. Now you can of course monitor the the ports used by Ratkit. So if you go on the Ratkit interface, on the service interface, you will find actually the URL to which Ratkit connects. And it's the same for every Ratkit service. There is only one one single TCP connection. So uh, it's easy actually to monitor where you have Ratkit services on your network. So you can do it actively or passively. You can ask us, we can have the data, we'll make it available obviously, but but in the meantime, you can simply check uh, where that connection is going. You can check or maybe in your proxy uh, logs if you would like to, there is only one connection to look for. Uh, and uh, it's called prod.ratkit-cloud.cisco.com. That's, uh, that's it, that's the only connection open, port 443. The, the one thing I noticed when I was using it is like, unlike WebEx, where there's a, a screen lag, right? And you're, 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 you're always seeming to overdrive the, the, the remote console cable, the, yep. the RadKit interface, especially when you're spawning an interactive shell, like SSHing to something is fast. I mean, you cannot, like, you cannot, like, like, at least for me in my testing, there was no perceivable lag between where you know where my where my clients were and where my server was right i mean it, it, it is really fast so it, it just makes that so much easier than trying to fight for mouse control and 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 over over typing commands i'm, I'm a non-english speaking guy uh, and especially i have the issue that i'm working with a notebook which has not a, a, a uk or a us american keyword language <laughs> setting uh, and therefore i know uh, that every time I work with tech, uh, we we struggle about the the the, the keyword language settings. That's a no-brainer for for RedKit. You see, this is actually a big complaint. Complain. People even stopped complaining because the new generation of troubleshooters we have, they never knew anything else. So for them, it's kind of, um, it's the way things are, right? It, it's bad, but that's the way it is. Uh, and I cannot get accustomed to that. I mean, for me, it's just like outrageous. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's the thing. Same same thing for us. We have a U.S. English keyboard, or customers may have a German keyboard, so it's QWERTY instead of QWERTY, uh, or a French keyboard, AZERTY, right? And the, unfortunately, these are not the only keys. I mean, if you need slash, uh, exclamation mark, the hash sign, the pipe, uh, the braces, the brackets, forget that. I mean, we can't find them. They're somewhere under some kind of alt stuff, uh, <laughs> or they 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 pop up where they should not. So. Anyway, uh, yes, it's it's a it it was a, another driver for for the for the remote access. It's a, it's important. The the speed, the efficiency at which you work is important. That actually takes us to uh, what's the benefit, right, of using Ratkit. It's the there are two. 
for the end customer or for the, the person who calls for help, it's the effortlessness. The troubleshooter can work and the person who receives the help um, can ask questions, of course, uh, but can proceed through their task without being bothered. Uh, or customers don't have to work for us any longer. We can work for them. I think this is the service we want to deliver. And the second aspect is because we, the troubleshooters, are now so much more efficient. Uh, we troubleshoot at the same pace as we do in our own lab. When you're in the lab, it's super fast. Everything is, you know, we, we are in control. We upgrade, transfer file, fix the configuration, troubleshoot, get the logs, you know, whatnot. There is no, no, no difficulty where, and so we fix our problems fast. Then suddenly you're on a WebEx, and I don't want to bash WebEx at all because it's such a great tool. We're here today together, but it's good for human interactions and, and not so much for, for, uh, for troubleshooting or programming. And um, uh, once you're over WebEx, everything is slow. You're, it's cumbersome, you type something and then you went a little too far, so you start deleting. Oh, but there goes the character that you thought you had not typed. And then all of a sudden you don't erase fast enough. I mean, we all know the latency problem, right? Um, yeah, so, so we, we, think, we think today, based on the measurement we have, is a case goes typically 20% to 90% faster when you use RATKIT. Even if it's the lower end, like a 20% faster, it's, you know, it's, uh, it can be appreciated. But some cases, uh, many cases actually are solved on the, on the day of the first call, instead of troubleshooting for a few hours, then having to reschedule another call and yet another call because we didn't have the time to finish the first time. We, we can actually go through the entire troubleshooting session and come to a root cause or close to a root cause uh, in, in a much uh, shorter amount of time. And even if we need then to go to our escalation engineer or the developer, say, hey, I think there is a bug. How can I troubleshoot deeper? We get this information and then we can go back to, you know, hammering on the problem very fast. Again, the, 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 the round trip time, right? The, 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 turn, the turnover time for information and analysis is so much shorter. That's the goal. Reduce, reduce, reduce that time. Reduce the nonsense. Well, thank you and your team. I mean, it is an awesome, awesome product or service or just, just, just tool that, 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 I mean, like there is a ton of potential here to, and, and to your point, I think the, the key is adopting it and using it. Right. And it's, it's so simple to get going, right? All you need is a CCO account and radkit.cisco.com. That's it. There's no licensing. There's no complicated downloads. It's, you need something that other Look, than an Etch-a-Sketch to run it on and you're, and, you're, and you're good. I am the one thanking you for, for inviting me to start with. So really, I think it's maybe time for a call to action. So we've talked about RATKIT. The only thing I can say is try it, right? I mean, I mean, trying it is the only way to know if it's good for you or not. And um, and like I said, it it will not hurt if you try because it won't cost you anything. So please try it, use it open cases, ask for being supported with RATKIT. And so here I will put a small caveat mTOR. The whole tech is not yet trained. So if you have, if you're in DNA center space, like enterprise, everybody is trained. Service provider, almost everybody is trained. Not, not, not everybody. In the other groups, it's coming up and we're, so, so, please bear with us, we have to train 6,000 people. So that requires a little bit of planning, but ad hoc and based on, on the experience we've had, we know we have quite a few of them already trained. So you can call and ask to be supported with RATKIT and we'll be very happy uh, to help you. If the engineer doesn't know and say, oh, what is RATKIT? It, it, it will happen. Um, 
all right or or es tell them to escalate and 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 uh, and call for help uh, because uh, because we will train that person very rapidly amazing well we want to thank you frederick for um joining us on this episode and always a thank you to the champions we have another great episode on the books to our listeners, if you want to continue learning on today's topic, you can check out the resources provided in the show notes below. And this is your weekly reminder. You can subscribe to Cisco Champion Radio on your favorite streaming platform and receive alerts on our latest releases. So wherever you're listening to us, make sure you click on that subscribe or follow button. Thank you for listening in and see you again next week.